In the late 1920s, the American people elected as vice president a man who spent many years of his youth on an Indian reservation. His name was Charles Curtis, sometimes called Indian Charlie. My name is Stephen Yoder and this is Abbreviated Bios. Charles Curtis was born January 25, 1860 to Oren A. Curtis and Ellen Papan in North Topeka, Kansas. Ellen died when Charles was three and his father, Oren, joined the Jayhawkers to fight against the Confederate guerrillas in the Civil War. Charles never lived with his father again. Charles lived on the Kaw Indian Reservation with his grandmother, Julia Papan. Charles was one-eighth American Indian, one-sixteenth Kaw and one-sixteenth Osage. He first spoke Kansas in French, not English. Life on the reservation was a life of poverty. In December of 1867, 61 Kaws died of hunger and disease. Some were Curtis's cousins, uncles, aunts, and friends. On June 3, 1868, 100 Cheyenne warriors attacked the Kaw reservation. Eight-year-old Charlie was chosen to go with interpreter Joe Kim to Topeka, 60 miles away, to get help. He was chosen to go because he spoke Kaw and by this time English. This trip was my first turn towards the United States Senate. It had to do with starting me into the life of the white man instead of that of the Indian. But for the raid of the Cheyenne, I might have drowsed my life away there as a member of the tribe. That was the charge of the government. Shortly after the raid, Charlie went to live with his Catholic grandmother, Pramilia, and began attending school in Topeka. During the summers, he earned money riding as a jockey. In 1873, the Kaw Indians were removed to Indian Territory, now Oklahoma. <clears throat> Curtis visited them on the way. Later, recounting this event, Curtis described his visit. Being adrift, I threw my lot with them. We traveled for one day's journey out of Topeka and I made camp. Indian pallets were made on the ground. The camp had fallen asleep. It was then that Julia Papan gave it, came to my bed. She awakened me. She told me of the love she felt for me, the son of her lost daughter, of the joy of having me back with the tribe. She said that she loved me above all else in the world, but she wanted me to leave the Indians. She wanted me to go back to the white men. This was the great crisis of my life. By the action I took, I would either be a white man or an Indian for life. The world belonged to the white man. She, Indian woman, knew that. She, against the urge of her heart, wanted me to return to my father's people. If I had been of service, the thanks is due to Julia Papan, Indian woman of the Kaw tribe. No man or boy ever received better advice. It was the turning point of my life. Back at school in Topeka, beyond working as a jockey, uh, Curtis was also a hack driver, carrying lawyers and legislators from place to place, whom he got to know. He began working as a law clerk in 1879 and passed the bar exam two years later. In 1884, Charles married Annie Elizabeth Baird, the daughter of a prominent Topeka businessman. They would have three children together, Permelia, Harry, and Leona. Curtis stated his, started his political career when he ran for Shawnee County Attorney. He ran as a wet, opposing Kansas' status as a dry state. He was elected. 
He then followed the law and prosecuted those who violated Kansas' Prohibition Amendment. He held that position from 1885 to 1889. In 1892, Curtis was elected to Congress and served there until 1907. As he became better known, his nickname changed in Kansas from Indian Charlie to Our Charlie. Charles Curtis supported women's suffrage and child labor laws while he was in Congress. He was an assimilationist in Indian affairs. He supported Native American boarding schools to help assimilate Indian children. Some Native Americans state that the policies he supported were disasters for their tribes. Both Curtis and other Indians believed that Native Americans had to assimilate into American society and adopt individual land ownership or they wouldn't survive in the modern world. In 1898, he drafted the Curtis Act, which extended the Dawes Act to the five civilized tribes. It abolished tribal courts and subjected all persons in Indian territory to federal law. <clears throat> Curtis became a U.S. Senator in 1907, but was forced out in 1911 when progressives split the Republican Party. He was elected again in 1914, Kansas's first popular election for senator after the state ratified the 17th Amendment. He would continue in office until 1929. He had a way of becoming keeping himself popular with the people by memorizing every one of his constituent names so that he could immediately uh, talk to them uh, about their families when he met them. During his time in the Senate, he helped pass the debate limiting cloture rule in 1917. He organized the Senate opposition to the Treaty of Versailles in 1919. He promoted high tariffs and relief for farmers after demand dropped for wheat after World War I. He helped push through laws protecting the assets of married women. He became the Senate Majority Leader in 1925 and in that role emphasized party development. When Herbert Hoover was nominated for president in 1928, Charles Curtis was chosen as a compromise candidate for vice president to shore up support for Hoover among farmers. They were elected in a landslide. Car communities declared a Curtis Day in Oklahoma when Curtis was nominated. He had an Indian jazz band play at his 1929 inauguration. Hoover allowed Curtis to attend cabinet meetings, but since Hoover distrusted him, the president kept him away from policy. Charles spent much of his time as vice president presiding over Senate proceedings. Curtis's wife had died years earlier, so his sister Dolly Gann acted as his secretary and second lady. The only controversy during his time in office was a feud between Dolly and Alice Roosevelt Longworth, wife of the Speaker of the House, over who would sit in the better seat at state dinners. President Hoover's horrible response to the Depression resulted in Hoover and Curtis losing the 1932 election to Franklin Roosevelt. Curtis stayed in Washington, D.C. after the election loss and worked for a law firm. He died there on February 8, 1936. He was buried in Topeka, Kansas. At his burial, Apache Chief Deerfoot presented the Curtis family with a bow and arrow, which was buried with him. Charles Curtis was an American rags-to-riches story, starting out on an Indian reservation and rising to the second office of the land. 
he was the first minority elected vice president. Take that, Kamala Harris. Thank you for listening to Abbreviated Bios. Be sure to subscribe if you have enjoyed this episode.